Craft Beer Radio, episode 257, on August 10th, 2013. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where we are in episode 257, another prime show where we are getting ready for shooting stars tonight at Percy Meteor Shower. And so we're going to drink some nice special beers as we're back from vacation. This is a bad company here on Hot CBR, number 105. <laughs> All right. So what would you like to drink first? Well, uh, there's a session IPA that might be good to start with. That sounds like a thing to start with. Okay, this is from uh, Lawson's Finest Liquid Spring Fever Session IPA. So I don't have much information on this one. Uh, they Lawson's Finest Liquid is in Vermont. It looks like they're they're a brew pub of sorts. That's where this came from. Okay, I'm like I'm trying I'm like searching my data banks. Like who sent this in? Um, Jim sent us the Heady Topper. Sent this. Beer. Oh, okay. So this I is. I hope it was Jim. I'm pretty sure it was Jim. This is a uh, 3.8% session IPA. 3.8. Nice. Talking talking our language here. Pours a uh, sort of a strawish towards golden color with about a finger's worth of head. Very clear. Definitely a freckle beer. You can see right through it. Comes in a bomber at 3.8%. This is a single serving. Yeah. It's uh, pretty cold, so I'm going to let it warm up a bit. These are kind of out of the fridge about 10 minutes ago. We are confirmed for the Great American Beer Fest. We will be there. We have a hotel, not walking distance from the thing. We should have we should have put a hold on a hotel room months ago. Yeah. Is what we should have done. Hindsight, but I guess we're still newbies at this whole thing. But we will be there. We have our tickets, so we will be there uh, October tenth through thirteenth. It's it's tenth through twelfth, and mm-hmm. we'll be there. Leave the thirteenth, yeah. We'll leave the thirteenth. So if you would like to, uh, if you're going to be there and you'd like to join up with us for a drink or whatever, we'd be happy to. Uh, Absolutely. Remember that one year, the first year we went out, we had the little meetup at at, uh, at uh, Wine Coop, and like three people. Four people yeah, showed, which is still a good time, right? Yeah, I haven't, yeah. We haven't talked to Steve. I'm not going to try to set up anything formal like that because I mean it's it's asking a lot of people to yeah. take time to come out. But if you, um, we'd be happy to hang out with you. We'll yeah. be we'll be your fan for once. And and also, you can definitely get in touch with us on Twitter and tweet where you are, and we you know. We'll be checking that constantly mm-hmm. and having our stuff there. So, so a funny thing, as telling you yesterday was that church sale where I get all my great kitchenwares and whatnot. Right. The last three years, every year, I found Xyla stoppers. Mm-hmm. I got two more brand new Xyla stoppers wow. this year. So it's the craziest thing. I'm just like, it's all kitchen stuff that, you know, people die and their families like donated to the church and, uh, I find Xyla stoppers every year. It's wow. the craziest thing. If you like your own Xyla stoppers and you don't have a church sale, you go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon mm-hmm. and buy them there. We'll talk about that a little bit more later on because I do have something to mention about that. But anyway. All right. So the beer is a nice golden color. Very clear. We only poured the top of a bomber, so there could be some sediment in there. But it's nice and settled out sitting in the fridge for the last couple of weeks. Uh, has a fresh uh, aroma to it, fresh, kind of cascady aroma. Not a, that much information. Not a huge hoppy aroma from my point of view. I'm it, smelling it, it was a... it was there more when you first okay. poured it. 
I'm smelling. Uh, my nose is a little stuffed up still. I had a cold for the past week, um, but I smell mostly a malt, a little bit of of. Actually, I'm gonna. I was gonna say caramel, but I think I'm gonna take that back. And I think I'm gonna say there's a bit of a Munich, a little bit of Pils character, something like that. There's a little continental German type multi aroma on this. I'll split the difference. Say caramunic. <laughs> oh. I was also reading um, an article recently. It was a thing, Mitch Steele. He's a brewer at Stone. And he wrote mm-hmm. the book, literally, he wrote the book on brewing IPAs. <laughs> literally, there's a book from Mitch Steele. Okay. But anyway. Yeah, I get it. He put, <laughs> he put uh, 10 tips of things. And one of the things he said is don't use, they stay away from the caramel malt. Use Munich instead, something like that. Um, because it helps... It just helps with the whole impression in the body. It keeps from getting too sweet. But that's, again, a stone-type IPA where they're really trying to bring out some of the hops and bitterness. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say... I don't know. I mean, are there a lot of stones that have a good malty component to really, you know, back up and... You know, I don't know of a stone IPA where there's an especially dominant malt or at least an equal malt. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't lump... Just because he works at stone, I wouldn't lump this into... People's tastes are different. Anyway, what I what I what it does smell like is a very uh, is is kind of a not very airy baguette. Like you're a, gonna get a, Greg a, Cook yelling at us like he was yelling at that guy on YouTube. You know he that. can yell at us all he wants. A, <laughs> a, a thick a thick baguette, not not sort of a thin mm-hmm. and airy baguette. So French bread, but a, but a little thicker. I get you. I hear you there. Definitely crusty French bread. I saw an article the other day where uh, Stone since. Everyone's hot palates are changing. They're making rumination bigger. They're they're reinventing it for today's palate. So instead of being seven point two or something, it's going up to eight point zero or something like that. They're adding some more bitterness to it. Why don't they try a session IPA? They make Stone Levitation. That's a wonderful session pale ale with there a lot go. of hops to it. Hmm. Okay. So this one is. Pretty hoppy. Pretty high on the bitter side, too. Uh, deep resiny, kind of piney somewhat into the tangerine-type flavors. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a bit of mintiness that comes through with all that resiny qualities. It, it actually goes into sort of an overripe cilantro. Okay. You know, like a little too much where it's, just mm-hmm. been, it's been ripened too much. The, the mintiness is gone. You just sort of get a little bit of a vegetableness from it. Celery leaf is another example of something that I'm tasting. It feels like they were trying to put um, a lot of hops into here and you know, make an IPA instead of a pale ale. I mean, I, th- I think Levitation is a, a good example of matching it well, getting some... Yeah, Levitation, I'm trying to think back to it because it's, mm-hmm. it's been a while. It's, but... it's pretty hoppy for, you know, the 3%-ish pale yeah. ale that it is. So it... I'd have to sit down, try it blind with a couple session IPAs, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's pretty close to what people are making as these session IPAs today. But And that's a new style because, I mean, there's beers like Bitter Brewer, which is another low alcohol beer yeah. from Surly, right? And I haven't had that in a few years, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's not very different from this beer either. So the problem that I'm having with this beer is that I think that you can get more of a flowery texture instead of just resiny and I'm, I'm getting a lot more resiny than flowery from the hops here it feels like it's kind of 
like like a, like a hop syrup almost. It's sort of forcing the hop on me. And and since it's since it's session, since it's low alcohol and therefore low sugars, it's mm-hmm. the, the, the that resin is not really being balanced with a lot of good malt. Yeah, I, I I'm not complaining about the hoppiness, the bitterness on this. I think it's fine for me. But you're right because there's not much body to the beer because it's a lower alcohol. It's it's an easy drinker, but the bitterness is starting to pile up a little bit. This is the Lawson's Finest Liquids Spring Fever Session IPA. Straight from the green mountains to your head. <laughs> well, it doesn't go to your head because it's only 3.8. I mean, you could, yeah, you could have this whole bomber. And well, it goes in your head at least. Starts well, out. it's the lo- lower part of your head. But yeah, you can have this whole bomber and not be, you know, mm-hmm. be barely buzzed, probably. But. Yeah, I like that. It was an easy drinker. A little, a little bitter without much balance. But I've, I'm still on that IPA kick that I've been on for the last, you know, four months, five months now. Mm-hmm. Just, I just can't get enough of IPAs. I'm, I'm a hop, I'm a, re, I'm a born again hop head. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I just can't get enough of them this summer. Well, if you want to do IPAs, and I suggest you open the next IPA. Yep, this one was sent to us from Saranac. Uh, they're for their anniversary year. They're doing some some new things, and one of them is canning. Um, well, let's see. Did they can? I don't think they use. No, I think canning's relatively new for them. Um, but this is their legacy IPA. It comes in a pounder can, and uh, okay, that's all marketing speak on the front. I was hoping that would explain it a little bit, but it's talking about how their founder passed on their legacy and. This is inspired by his recipe. <clears throat> it is malted with North American two-row and Munich malt. It is there. You go, Munich. See, it is hopped with uh, a historic, traditional, and innovative blend of hops. They say. <laughs> How can it be historic tradition? How can it be traditional and innovative? I don't know. Six point five percent alcohol by volume. Eight uh, sixty IBUs. And that's all the information they have for their legacy IPA on their website. Crush that can. <laughs> that can's not going to trouble anybody ever again. It's a slightly more golden in terms of its color, you know, closing in on orange. It's got about two fingers worth of head. It's a nice soft bubbles and mm, those hops smell innovative to me and traditional <laughs> exactly warning warning conflicting marketing speak uh oh Kirk's gonna come and destroy us all <laughs> we are drinking these out of our standard uh which are what terms are these these are the the what they used to call the Pilsner glasses. They used to call the Pilsner glass. I'm not sure what they call them the, the today, but they're the snifters from Spiegelow. Yeah. And uh, I don't drink from anything else anymore. I'm completely <laughs> spoiled on these things. Love them. And you might ask, well, why aren't you using the Spiegelow IPA glass instead of these snifters? And I just... I don't... Well, first of all, we only have one. Well, we only have one, but even so, it just doesn't do it for me like this glass does this glass gives you i think the real texture of the beer and 
Uh, and we're first of all, we're, we're not only drinking IPAs tonight. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, this, this really this gives you a whole experience of the beer and all the aroma and stuff like that without any added things. And I don't know whether their hop cannon thing actually does what it says it does or not, but I would rather experience the beer in this manner than in the hop cannon, unless I was getting every beer through hop cannon, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's hard to say. I just, you know, we, we tried drinking through it. And I just doing dim side by side, I preferred the snifter, maybe because it's just more comfortable and more used to it. I know how to, maybe it's because I know how to handle the beer in the snifter, mm-hmm. right? I know, I have muscle memory on how to swirl it. I know how to hold it, heat it, you know, maybe that's part of the reason I'm so comfortable with this glass. You know, I know how to sniff it without getting my nose in the beer. You know, it's just a very, all these muscle memory points are all very learned about drinking out of this glass. <laughs> well, but enough blowing nose, guys. Let's talk about the beer. More orange on the aroma? Yeah, I'm getting mostly malt on the aroma. I'm not getting too much hops. But again, my nose is kind of broken today. If anything, it's a little bit of of orange peel or grapefruit peel more so than the the fruit inside. The... Hmm... The smell is more like a, uh, more like an Italian than a French style bread, I think. Still in that sort of r- more rustic area. I think those Munich uh, malts tend to give out some of that sort of rusticness. You take the sip. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's it's not. It does taste like old school hops, doesn't it? You know, it's not these bright, juicy flavors you get from, you know, Cascades, Mosaic, Amarillo, things like that. You know, it's it's a little more resiny, a little more earthy. It, it does taste old school for some reason. Reminds me of. I think it tastes old school, but there's a thing at the end that's giving me a bit of a citra bite. I think that it's it's a if it is citra, it's a nice use of citra because I think citra can sometimes over dominate and kind of taste medicinal. Mm. But I think at the end, there's a bit a little of a, sweetness, a little something a, comes a little sweetness, a little, a little lemony, a little okay, yeah, a little bit in that area. Yeah, so the uh, stone ruination is going from seven point seven to eight point two percent ABV. It's not a huge jump. Just a recalibration for you know today's yeah. palates. It's like we've talked before about how, you know, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale is probably really hoppy. Or New Albion, right? Remember when we had the New Albion earlier yeah. in the year, right? It didn't taste like there was any American hops in there at all, right? But, you know, back in 1977, pretty hoppy, so. How long has Ruination been around for? Let's see if it has it here. If I can scan it quickly. Um... Go ahead and talk. I'll, I'll try to get you that info. Well, I'm trying to analyze more of the beer here, but it's one of those things that you can't talk while you're drinking, so. Definitely a lot more body in this one. You would expect that. It's 6.5%. It's a decent 
you know, decent amount of malt in there. It is the malt is standing up to the hops pretty well. I, I like the the traditional style in, in in that sense where, you know, I, I think that even in an IPA, a balance is really important. I know people like their huge hop IPAs, but I like the balance. I want the malt to really stand up to the hops. I think it's doing a very good job here of standing up to the hops. It's letting the hops give off their fruitiness, but not letting them lay their bitterness down, giving some sweetness to accent and lower the bitterness quantity. And in only 60 IBUs, it's not the most bitter IPA in the world. They're not trying to be one of these 80, 90 IBU suckers. That doesn't always translate anyway. The mm-hmm. high IBUs doesn't always translate to right. a super bitter mouthfeel, but I'm just saying. Right, right. Finally smelled some hops in the aroma. My nose cleared enough. I could smell it. And it was very piney. It reminded me of a Chinook type of aroma mm-hmm. is what I was getting. Are you picking up any kind of Chinook with your better functioning nose this evening? Now, uh, there, you know, when you say pine, I, I can smell some, some pine or some rosemary, something okay. along that line. Mm-hmm. I like this one too. This one's a nice, easy drinker. Mm-hmm. Has a little more malt, but not sweetness. Just malt, more breadiness right. to back yeah. it up. Not quite as the bitter gets more cleansed off your palate, off your tongue each time. I would, I would say that the the bread. If you're asking, like, what kind of what does a malt taste like? Imagine a muffin, but not sweet. Okay. I made muffins once without it, without enough sugar. <laughs> wasn't very good. <laughs> or I not made over, I made not I made muffins sweet. without sugar once. <laughs> That's what it was. It wasn't not enough. Well, technically not enough, but I forgot the sugar. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't. It wasn't very muffiny. <laughs> no. But but I think there, there's some of that. Um, you know, a muffin can be a, if I say it tastes like a muffin, you might expect something sweet, but I'm saying sort of a muffin, but subtract a sweetness quality there. But I think some of that muffin kind of texture and, and flavor comes through in the malt. The the hops, I'm still getting tangerine. I'm still getting orangey. Like Jeff said, a little bit of the herbaceous quality, maybe even sort of sage almost. So here's something you might enjoy. Fox buys the right to sitcom based on yeah, Dogfish I saw Head that, Story yeah. with Sam Caligioni and Mariah. And did you see who would star? Ken Marino and Eric Oyama. Yeah. <laughs> who are, you know, Children's Hospital and uh, Burning Love and all this other stuff. Ken Marino is the guy. Yeah, he was in um, Party Down. He was in Children's Hospital. He's a guy that looks more like Sam than yeah. you know anyone else you can think yeah. of. So <laughs> be pretty fun. Great writer, great improviser. Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You got the really short shirt shorts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be. That, I mean, that that made me excited when I saw who was like helping with it, who was behind it. You know, it's like, wow, that could be cool. They're I mean, they're a good writing team, a husband and wife writing team, and good stuff. It could be pretty cool. It could be crap. I mean, <laughs> well. I mean, it might be really good, funny stuff that we'll enjoy, but because we like the comedy from that from Kent, and we also like beer. But it also, I could easily see how it wouldn't catch a I don't large see audience. It, regardless of, of however they do it, I don't see it as becoming a, a 
comedy about beer. That seems like a little too esoteric a subject. Now, beer could be in the background the same way it was in the mm-hmm. background of Cheers, right? I mean, it was not a, a, it was not a sitcom about the fact that they were a bar. It was just the bar right. was where they did stuff, and then all the stories revolved around that sort of central location. Right. The bridge of, of the starship was the bar. Uh-huh. So I don't think it would be <laughs> about beer as much as wherever there, you know, maybe... Maybe the brewery will be the bridge uh-huh. of the starship. Anyway, I'm interested to see more. So hopefully it's more than just an option. If they actually go into production, that'd be cool. Mm. This is get, getting better and better the more I taste of it. And Jeff just finished his, just downed it. Bam! <sighs> Six ounces, man. Woohoo! <laughs> or no, eight ounces. That's a big... Yeah. That's a big sample for the show. Can't use a xylus in a can. That's the only thing the xylus can't do, my friends. Yeah. Now we'll have to make cans resealers, like good ones, not those crappy ones they sell on infomercials for soda pop. Okay, I think we probably should do this one. Yeah, next. we should probably go for the Belgian. Okay, we got. Rust Belt Brewing, which is nearby in Youngstown, Ohio. This is John Young Select. On the side it says A Big Ale, A I L, mm-hmm. Belgian style Abbey oh. Ale. Yeah, that, that's the name of the beer. It's their A Big Ale. It's part of the John Young Select series from Rust Belt. It's an Abbey Double. It is eight uh, percent alcohol by volume, and uh, nothing on their website about it. So it must be a relatively older selection, maybe by the So year. you picked this up over in Ohio. This was... The red price tag means which one? It means Chalet Premier. So here we go, a different color. <laughs> Quite. Brown with uh, tan highlights. It's got... Fingers worth of head, slightly bigger bubbles on this head as compared to the last two. Looks pretty clear. It's been sitting in the fridge for a while. It's had plenty of time to settle out yeah. from its last travel to the fridge. Big change Ooh, in aroma. Also, like nice. an old ale from from the aroma. Yeah, that, that's a good. I mean, first first impression is ooh. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm happy that you know it. it it's not one of those chalky yeah. bitter smelling ones it's a luscious sweet caramelly prunes not quite raisin because it's not quite yeah prunes prunes is a good one it also there's some chocolate there is this do we know if this is barrel aged because there might be a touch of oak in the aroma doesn't smell like a you know a whiskey beer but there might be a touch of oak Toffee, bread pudding like aroma on the from the malt side. If it's if it's not oak, then it's just a little bit of booziness coming off of the ABV on this thing. At the very end of my sniff, right when I can't really breathe in anymore, I get a little zing up at my you know, top of my sinuses. You can really smell that Belgian yeast character that comes from a from an from a double from, from comes from some of those Belgian things. There's a there's a yeasty well, when you said old ale, though, you know, I'm thinking, you know, what does this remind me of? It reminds me of some of those J.W. Lees, you know, the really yeah. big sweetness yeah, off the right, J.W. Lees, right. which isn't so much Belgian-y, but, you know, malty, tons of malty, tons and tons and tons of malty. Yeah, it's a little, 
It's a little sweet and thin aroma-wise for it to be, you know, for it to truly be an old ale. But compared from the IPAs, it's it's a, it was such a big change. It was it was old ale-ish. Check this: Oscar Blues Brewery year to date up thirty eight percent in volume. Wow. How can you grow 38%? I mean, well, I'll tell you this you can't grow 38% forever. Well, <laughs> you know, actually, um, they, they just opened a brewery in East Coast in North Carolina, I believe. And uh, that's so they probably do have a lot of capacity. Yeah. So they're probably just filling out all the corners where there was demand. So that, I guess that's how you do 38%. Yeah. But that's impressive numbers. I, I, I saw the there was a story about brewing, about beer, and beer numbers are dropping, dropping, dropping. And the only thing that's still growing is craft beer, but it's only still about 6% of the market. Now, that's a huge compared to what it was, but it's still only 6%. And that growth, again, that cannot be sustained forever. You can't have Lou Bryson beer. just put out an article about that. I retweeted it the other day. You might have, might have seen Maybe. it. Maybe. But you're talking about you can't have 15% growth every year. Yeah. And there's going to be uh, an adjustment or a recession or something like that. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure... I like to agree with Uncle Lou. I'm not, and he's probably right. It's just it's hard to see because I mean you got. It just seems like the market is just so much. I mean, look at the demand in the GABF this year. You know, I mean, maybe that's maybe that's a bit well, of a the, bubble. The, the but. point is not that it is is not that it will stop within the next year or two. This the point that is it will stop at some point. Well, sure. So, but but it's like a business going from the growth phase into a more mature phase where you you know like. Fortune 500 companies have a growth phase, and then they, you know, can can transition into a dividend-paying phase, right? Where they're right, but the, the the point is that we're not going to have three thousand breweries in the country for forever. There are going to be a lot of failures. There's well, Lou was be. talking about you know tastes changing. Like you don't know what you'll be drinking in fifteen years. Right. You know, tastes could change, things like that. It could, but I I, I kind of. And I have not put nearly as much thought into this as Lou and the other beer writers writing about this kind of thing. I, I still see a very large field. I mean, a lot of craft beer has been sold. It's only 6% of the market. Bud Light has a bigger market share than all craft beer. Right. You know, so I mean, there's, it just seems like but, there's... But a lot of people who are drinking Bud Light are drinking it as a commodity. They're not drinking sure. it as a... It's just impressive that one label that sells more beer. Not just the Anheuser-Busch. Like a lot of people are drinking wine as a commodity. A lot of people are not drinking wine mm -hmm. to taste the wine. They're drinking wine, you know, to, to get themselves... Not, I wouldn't necessarily say to get drunk, just like people aren't necessarily drinking beer just to get drunk, but they are getting beer to get lubricated, shall we say. I don't know. I mean, if you want me to make a bold prediction, yes, I, I want you to make a very bold prediction. I would Go. say craft beer will get to fifteen to eighteen percent of the market before we see these this slowing down. Fifteen to eighteen percent of the market. That's my bold prediction. That is Jeff's bold prediction. Market down episode two fifty seven and fifteen to eighteen percent of the market. I don't know how long it'll take. That that's a nice uh, margin, right? So you know you have margin of error in there included <laughs> already. So yeah. All right, we'll see. Uh, I, I just so I mean, like you said, we're, at, we're I think we're at actually seven. I think it's more than that now. I think it's seven, eight. There'll be a ten percent in like two or three years, is what the projections are right now. I can't see us bumping our heads again. Uh, us, I can't see the industry, the craft beer demand, bumping their heads against you know 
we're sort Saturation. of a, a vaguely far off appendage of the yeah, industry, yeah. you could say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just like my, you know, it's just that sports thing. Like, you know, go team, let's go. You know, we won, we lost, you know, that that's kind of the way I was using us, but, um, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't want to roll, stay on this too long, but I was reading it and I'm like, I mean, he has good points, things to look out for. Maybe it was more a cautionary tale. I don't know, but I mean, just the way things are going now, I mean, there's a lot of breweries opening and I do admit a lot of those breweries are going to close. You know, there's a lot of underplanned breweries going into production. Um, But there's also, all, there's going to be more breweries in five years than there are now. I don't think there's going to be any kind of recession like anytime that soon. So We'll have to see. Back to a big ale from Rust Belt. Hmm. hmm. Tastes a little oxidized. I mean, it, it tastes more like an old ale. With, it doesn't yeah. have too much Belgian, you know. I'm not getting the the pears, the flowers, the things like that I would really expect, you know. I mean, there's a great malt character or a great, a great candy sweetness character, mm-hmm. you know, um, caramel, toffee, all that. But I'm not getting anything particularly Belgian-y. I mean, maybe just a touch. It's not a bad beer. Mm-mm. Um we're getting it more more in the, the body side, more in the you know in in that in in sort of the yeast character that's coming out of, okay. from from the malt. Um, the the flavor itself is a little bit harder to define, but uh, it's a little bit chocolate milk. Um, huh. It's. Chocolate milk, I think, comes a little bit of of flavor, a little bit of mouthfeel. Yeah. You know, because when you said that, you put it in my head and I got it, but it wasn't all flavor. It was a little yeah. bit mouthfeel, too, that kind of comes together to be this, like, no, like, can't be. A little bit of strawberry. Sort of a deep almost like cooked strawberry and hmm. here's another one stone brewing's up 20% over last year okay he's tired of the numbers like a Werther's oh a little butterscotch or something like yeah. that yeah like a multi multi butterscotch you know like a multi Werther's like Almost if you made it with malt extract instead of sugar. Like, if, if, maybe if you made, like, your, your Dolce de Leche, but with malt extract, it might come across something right. like this. Hmm. But with some of those, you know, I, I hesitate to say cherry because it's overused, and mm-hmm. it's not really cherry, but there's yeah. there's something reminiscent of that going on not the, not by far the best Belgian Abbey I've ever had but it's still a good beer if I didn't know it was supposed to be Belgian you know I probably have um, I probably would have walked it in the old ale category and tried to make it fit there 
I got some more of that cocoa chocolate that you were talking about. And it's not a roasty porter or anything like that, right? It just, it's, it's almost kind of like Nestle Quick. It's almost, yeah, kind of. You know, it's, it's almost kind of like you know, not quite Dutch cocoa, and it's a little, little easy, little, little bit of of you know Hershey's type chocolate. Uh, yeah, so so it's it's not it's 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 not your. Six dollar, seven dollar chocolate bar that you can get into in a, in a good Mega Mart. It, it's a fifty or a dollar cent, a dollar chocolate bar, but it's still fine. It, it, that'll still fill you up and satisfy you, like a Snickers or something. Okay, so here's I just found an article from Saranac about which beers they're putting in the cans. I just mentioned how cans I thought were new, but I wasn't sure. A uh, Legacy IPA, the beer we just tasted, a uh, Saranac Pale Ale, which was it's their flagship. Um, white IPA, which is a beer we've tasted on the show before, and I like it a lot. Um, blueberry Blondale, that's a can I won't be buying much of, and the Shandy. Now, we tasted both of those recently on the show, too, I believe. Probably in the pre show for the blueberry beer. Well, you know what it's time for. Ooh, ooh, Uncle Greg, what time is it? Time to turn up the sound. So, if you want to support us, you can support us by going to craftyradio.com, and uh, you can donate if you would like to do that. There are several ways you can donate. You can donate uh, just a one-time donation. You can set up a scheduled donation if you want to, like every month or something like that. Yeah, you can do a monthly where you can do as little as $2 a month or $12 a year. Only once a year is it deducted from your account, and it's only 12 bucks. And we would appreciate it. Every year when the anniversary comes around, we'll be thinking of you. Uh, the other, there are other things you can do. You can, if you if you need web hosting, Bluehost is our host, and you can go to a link on our page and get your own hosting from them. If you sign up, we get a little bit of a kickback. Nice. Uh, if you need some brewing supplies, Midwest Brewing Supplies is a link on our site. You can go there. Absolutely can. But the primary way that we get support from you guys, besides obviously your your all your love that you give us in other ways, is Amazon.com. If you go to craftyradio.com slash Amazon or go to craftyradio.com, click the Amazon link, and then buy stuff. Well don't go to craftbeer.com because that's not us. Craft no, craftyradio.com yes. slash Amazon or slash A, or just go to craftyradio.com and click on the Amazon. There's actually a store on the website, uh, and I have a link of our favorite products there. We have the Spiegel glasses, we have the Xylus stoppers, we have other things that are Craft Beer Radio approved. Ting! Now, if you want to, and I wanted to point this out, like the Xyluses, we, we make a big deal about how great we think the Xyluses are. And if you think we're doing this because the Xyluses are a huge moneymaker for us, they're not. If you buy the Xylus thing, we get like 94 cents. So it's not like we're, we're saying, oh my god, <laughs> get this because this will be awesome. They but, seal bombers, even 12-ounce bottles. Yeah. If you just got a beer you want to save, you'll be able to get the next day. Oh, the music ran out. No, it's okay. It's, gonna oh, it's coming back. It's coming back. Okay. Anyway. They save beer. They work really well. And I've saved beer for way too long in these things, and the beer is still decent to drink. Yeah. And the Spielgott glasses, again, we don't get that much. I mean, we get uh, about 6%, and it doesn't cost you anything. Any more than what you would buy, obviously. No, if, like, you guys, like, go crazy and buy, like, several thousand dollars worth of stuff, we'll get, like, 10%. 
Yeah, I mean, if, if if you get up that high, but right now we're making around six percent, and it's it's good. You know, it helps us and uh, helps us continue to be able to do cool stuff, buy more beers for the show, get out to do cool things like like going to Denver, like we're going to do all that cool stuff. So any way you can support us or just listen to us, heck, go to iTunes, rate us, do whatever you want. Those are all great ways to support us. Thanks so much. Say how bad we suck, just spell our name right. Indeed. All right, back to the beer. Do you want to do the cork or the box? Well, I think we should go for the cork because we just had something that's kind of chocolatey. Oh, yeah. Now let's hit the big old chocolate. Well, no, this isn't chocolate indulgence. This is the art of darkness. Oh, uh, well, I mean... Okay, so... Omegong Brewery, Cooperstown, New York, makes a beer called Art of Darkness, Belgian-style dark ale. I... This isn't the sour one, is it? No, okay. Excuse me, I just drinking some water. The reason why we got this is because we could get one of three different gifts from Exiting Saver. And we is this got... It? This is one of the ones that we could get uh, being at... Okay. And, and so... We grabbed this, and we also were able to grab some of the other stuff, too. <laughs> we're sneaky. But... <laughs> this right. is Art of Darkness. Now, I'm a gang. Calls it 8.9% in alcohol by volume. It is... Just... No spices or flavorings. So it's a pure Ryan Heinz beer. Multiple, oh no, I guess not, because multiple barley and wheat malts. They can have wheat. At, as well as flaked oats. It's a champagne bottle, so that means we have to use the older style. The old style xylus, which you cannot buy on Amazon. They're yeah. not as thick, so they switched the design to get something that stops better. But for the bottles that have narrower necks, and those would be the 750 Cajun cork bottles and... Uh, dogfish head bottles specifically. You have to go to the church sale and find some old xyluses. Mm-hmm. But for the for most beers, the xyluses work great. And wine. They work great for wine too. We should do a Kickstarter for uh, re engineer old xyluses. <laughs> and then get sued out of business by xylus. First thing I got actually was a little carbonation on this. Zingy. Yeah. Well, Pretty dark. Some brownish highlights on there. So this is what, a Belgian-style stout? Or, they, they actually, they call it dark. Yeah, they just call Belgian it Belgian-style dark, dark ale, okay. 8.9%. Oh, my gang just went through a whole... They redesigned labels for their whole lineup. Yeah. And I don't know what how I feel about it. I think they're kind of cool looking. I think it, it gives them a more distinctive look, and and it, and and I think that that's the whole point. Was they wanted to sort of draw people's eyes. Yeah, I'm not sure this one. This one isn't really part of the family of the label design. I don't think it might be, but I'm like you know. Hennepin I mean, the gold and helps you draw in yeah. the gold with the black background. This one's actually a screen bottle. It's not a stick on. Yeah, much, but just in general, like I don't know, I like the old Hennepin label. It's you know, something <laughs> I grew up with, and now it's all different. Well, yeah, they got to keep selling beer in order to make beer. Yeah. Still getting a whole load of carbonation. 
I'm just getting a little bit of roasty in the nose. I really can't smell all that much. I'm going to go into the flavor here. What do you think? It, it's it, it's interesting. I'm trying to figure out where it fits. You know, I'm going to use some of the common, you know, benchmarks that, that listeners might be able to have. It's um, it's kind of like a Belgian sports beer, right? It's they call it a sure. black ale, but I mean, it has the the. It almost tastes like that. Um, Much more distinctive Belgian quality here. My, the the but, sort of but, Belgian, but sweetness. the roastiness reminds me of the roastiness you get out of Schwartz beers. It's bordering on licorice. It's not quite there, but it's bordering mm-hmm. on something yeah. vaguely anisey. Yeah, and if you think to like, um, oh, can't think of any names, any examples right now. Um, the Sam Adams Black Lager, right? Right. Think of that. And they use that dehust Kara, um, what's it called? Um, Carafa, right? The dehust Carafa malt. It, it almost tastes like they've used, you know, those grains to get the color in here. Um, let's see. Let me take another sip. Ooh. That's, um, it's, it's pretty challenging right off the palate. It, it, it kind of, it almost, it, it has this weird way of kind of, sucking in without being sour right it, it 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 almost perks without it having any real tartness to it there's yeah there's some astringency from from the yeah. malt it seems from the from the roast seems like there's a bit of astringency and that's kind of the pucker i think you're talking yeah. about the belgian character is giving off um some pear some some like yeah, the ripe cool. yellow pear type i think it's a d'anjou or something like that Very good. a little maybe a little bit of of grape musty grape Musty, yeah, yeah. Actually, you said musty grape, but, you know, like, remember we just had the 61 a couple months yeah. ago, right? And that uses what they call grape must, which, right. that's just grape juice, right? I think Pressed so. Pressed juice or something yeah. like that. There's a little bit of grapiness in here. Probably, I mean, you mentioned they didn't add any extra food or anything like that, so that's just out of the, the yeast character yeah, giving off yeast. the esters and whatnot. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm still getting that licorice-ish, not licorice, licorice-ish. See, I'm getting less of that now. Like on the aroma, I'm smelling pear, but I'm also smelling like I don't know, like mustard greens or something like that. Interesting. Or like part part of a mind, you know, like like <laughs> yeah, one yeah, no, one yeah. little essence out that you yeah. smell it when you're smelling mustard greens. I'm trying to to go into some other things. Maybe a slight if if you take out the tartness and the sweetness from blueberries, and like you're just working with blueberry skin. Take out the tartness. Take out the sweetness. I'm not sure what that leaves. The skin. <laughs> the skin. And how does a blueberry skin taste different than a grape skin? Not much. Okay. Qualitatively, I would I would say that there's probably not much of a difference. This is we already have grape must in our description. Yeah, it's kind of the yeah. same thing, huh? So yeah, basically, just it's it's like me calling red. You know. 
<laughs> really, maroon. Really the light like rouge. Saturated right. saturated maroon. <laughs> this is one I think we're drinking too fast to keep the pace of the show. I think this is one you really need to slow down yes. with. And yes. it just kind of hang out with. I think, you know, generally, if you're drinking Art of Darkness from Omegang, you're going to want to hang out with it and not try to get through your, your six-ounce sample in a few minutes so you can move on to, you know, keep well, the show I going. Mean, we haven't. I mean, we only well, took, like, four-ounce samples, and, and we're only about halfway through them. Well, sure, but, but you, yeah, also we, we need to keep the show moving, and the beer hasn't really developed in the glass yet. You know, that's a problem we're having with this, this beer, I This think. does present a problem. So... How do we how do we solve such a problem without? We can hit pause for a few minutes. Editing. Let's hit pause for a few minutes. All right, let's do that. As soon as Jeff finds it. As soon as I find the pause button. All right, we're back from our hiatus. We uh, talking a little bit Lonely Island Whack album, and uh, now we're back on this beer. We've given it some time. A little bit of nutmeg is coming through so now. A little bit of some, some sort of spices, a little cinnamon like stuff is coming through. Give me a time to warm up. Give me a time to sit. Has allowed those flavors to mature a bit. I wonder how many other beers we've screwed up by not giving them time to hang out and mature. You know? I can't think of too many examples, but I'm sure there has to be some. Yeah, I mean, I think like an IPA or something demands to be drunk pretty much right away. But things like these, these darker beers that have a little more complexity to them, probably it helps to have that time just to let the flavors meld in your glass. Yeah, there's definitely more going on in the glass now. Yeah. It's not just the sweetness. There's a little more. And I think it's also letting your tongue sort of adjust mm-hmm. to the flavors it is getting. So a tip for everybody. Yeah, if, if you're drinking one of these, let it let it sit. Let it for apply. everyone who's on deadline drinking these right. beers and has Go. to keep the show moving. Gotta keep it going. Gotta keep it going. Hmm. Yeah, the more more of those spices are coming mm-hmm. through. Kind of close to clove, but I say more cinnamon, more nutmeggy. Yeah, you get a lot of those earthy spices, though. It doesn't really... It's very different from the beginning yeah. of the glass, when it was colder and, and fresher and not as mellowed. Um, before, like I was talking about Schwarzbier's and... You know, those kinds of flavors, a little bit of Belgian character. And towards the end, it was, I'm not, I wasn't tasting that, that black malt at all, mm. right? I was tasting a whole bunch of spices and other things like that. It really changed a lot. I still think the pear is, is still coming through. Mm-hmm. I think that pear was a very good call. But pear wasn't something I got right off the bat either. It took a while to, for the pear to even come out of the glass, so. All right, so our final beer of the night is uh, from Firestone Walkers was sent to us by JD. Yep. Thank you, JD. Just came in the mail the other day. This is, uh, I'm not quite sure exactly how to pronounce this. Succuba? Succuba? Or, and the S is the S that they use for, like, bills in the Senate. So. Well, it's it, Or it's the double S from, like, German, right? Like when you say Strasse, right? They'll like S T R A S S. They'll put this double S thing mm. in for the two S's in you know street in Strasse, in German. It's kind of like that. 
So that's that S U C A B A. It is their 2013 barrel aged barley wine. Comes in a box. 13% alcohol by volume, 42 IBUs. Uh, malt with Muntins Pale, Crisp Maris Otter Pale, Munich Dark and Light Crystal and Chocolate Malts, Hopped Bittering with Bravo, Late Kettle with East Kent Golding. Alright, so it has a little shrink wrap wine thingy on it. You peel a pull tab, that comes off. Then you get a crown cap with a boxing bear on it, which we'll take off. And that should reveal the beer. And so it does. Imagine that. There's beer in there. Some more of a caramelish color, but pre- actually pretty dark, but uh, like a almost like a burnt caramel color. Uh, brownish on the highlights. Half fingers worth of a darker head. Smells like a uh, smells like a candied apple. So we got a couple of brewery specs on the front here. It's a twenty-seven Plato beer, forty-two IBUs. They made thirty-five hundred cases. Uh, final gravity is four point seven Plato. It's a British ale, house yeast, and it's thirty-six SRM dark ruby. That's a nice label. That has all the geeky stuff yeah. that we like to have on that thing. Look at that. Interesting, because on the website they say fermentation undisclosed. <laughs> you just got to read the label. They don't want those internet people to know what's in the beer. <laughs> As we said, uh, on, on the website it says 13. On the beer itself it says 12.5. I'm going to trust the beer itself as opposed to the website. I'm not sure I'd go that way, right? Because you got to get the whole label approval Actually, thing. I, that, that is right. Because this says this the one they have for this Akiba is the spring 2012. Okay. Even though it does say February 2013. On, oh, oh fe- right. This is. The title says February 2012, the title on the page, but the page itself, <laughs> the title tag. Yeah. Darn internet. It's good for nothing. Or HTML. That smells pretty. You smell that that, like candied apple. I don't know what I smell, but I like it. Banana split. Mmm, chocolate. Get some oaky barrel. Get some great caramel, syrupy, delicious aromas. Ooh, tobacco, tobacco. Tobacco. I'm looking at anything like tobacco, really. At least not yet. Actually, I'm getting I'm smelling scotch, like a like a Islay scotch, like a leg of Olin or something in there. I'm smelling mm. like a smoky scotch. Like I would almost say, I wonder if they use scotch barrels for the barrel aging, but I. I really don't want to go that far. Because Firestone has so many barrels in their Union Barrel system <laughs> that I would think they'd probably use... Well, no, if they were trying to get... It's trying to get... It depends. depends what they're trying to do, right? If they're trying to get whiskey, they're going to get some fresh whiskey barrels. But because the Union Barrels are going to be pretty neutral by the Judging time they're by done using the Union Barrels. Judging by what they say here, what, uh, 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 the first seven words... 
big boozy bourbon and American oak aromas. Oh, okay, so they're not using scotch barrels. They're using... Well, we started off with a mint julep in the pre-show, bourbon, and yeah, now we're having we're a bourbon. something <laughs> bourbonish, or uh, you know, son of bourbon. Now, people who don't listen to the pre-show might be wondering why we had mint juleps. You're just gonna have to tune in to find out. <laughs> Not the most memorable pre-show in the world, so no. But we we, we get over that pretty early. I just want to warm this up before I taste it because it feels sure. still, still a little cold. So I took a sip while it's still kind of cold. Big cherry flavors, like a, a not even a, like a sweet cherry, you know, like a sweet pie cherry or something like that. Almost like a yeah, almost like a cherry pie is like the main flavor that comes through, and you can just tell by tasting it the chill on your tongue that in the the lack of depth of complexity that you're like yeah drink it too soon let's wrap our hands around this thing warm it up some this thing's been out of the fridge the entire time it should be at pretty good temperature by now but this guy wants to be a little bit warmer yeah uh we had a, a twitter question from ed middlestead who asked us uh about our extras from before episode 90 something okay and uh, we're gonna try <sighs> to get those out there, there's a there's an itunes limit on how many things you can put in one list so so we have an archive feed or we may have like an archive archive feed so you can get even more of those extras yeah the file gets big with like i saw that there's like the last 300 shows in the extras feed so i i might be able to tweak a parameter to get more in there i'm not sure whether i want to have more in there it's already like a megabyte yeah well what i'm saying is have have a you know have another have file actually, you can download. A very early, actually, you know, a, a CBR the early years. I was just going to say the early years, <laughs> 2005 to 2009 or something like that. All right, this is go go for a taste now. Mm. Okay, so I just took another sip with some heat put into it, and it doesn't feel as cold on the tongue. It's not all cherries. There's You can get more malt out of it. Mm. Get a little bit of booziness. Yeah, you're not kidding. Get a little bit of that that you know that oakiness, that caramelized wood, that you know that oh, that good. <laughs> so I'm getting some some good toffee out of this. Yeah. Ooh, wow, it's caramelly. It's very tasty, like a like a salted caramel ice cream. Mm. There's a, see, you know, they say there's American oak in bourbon and whatnot. I'm still tasting more of a scotch than a bourbon in this. Like, a little bit of smokiness. Not not huge. Not like campfire like a leg of woolen is. But, right. but I'm getting more of a scotch than I am bourbon. Yeah, I'm not sure I totally disagree with you. I think that, yeah, it, it, it tastes kind of scotch-like. I wonder if, if it was a bourbon barrel. We don't know. Well, if some of the more bourbony characters were leached out, and I mean, a scotch is, is like a bourbon that's not. Well, I mean, bourbon can only be in a barrel once, right? right? And then all the bourbon barrels 
sell all the bourbon distillers sell their barrels to scotch distillers or craft beer guys i mean prior to 10 years ago they all went to the scotch distillers you know and uh so it's it's hard to say without hearing like exactly like which generation the barrel was you'd assume it's a pretty early generation from the description because it doesn't say scotch barrel it says american oak i mean a scotch barrel can be american oak too most Mm -hmm. of them are almost all of them are um it's it's hard to say, so I don't really want to put too much into assuming anything here. I'm just you know telling you what you taste. It just reminds me of like I'm thinking like a good bourbon with lots of caramel, cinnamon, and then you know a scotch with a little more peat, a little bit more, you know that smokiness and um, earthiness. You know I would go with the the scotch route for the taste on this. This is pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty good. This is the Firestone Walker 2013 Sukaba. 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 Let's go Sukaba. Because Sukaba would have another. Yeah, U and there's it. also no U. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sukaba. 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 It's got a, a on, on the box as a fighting lion, a, a lion fighting a bear. That's that's just part of the Firestone Walker logo, I think. I don't think that's particular to this beer. Oh. But it's sort of like a Lannister fighting a the Mormonts, I guess. <laughs> there you go. Let's see. There's a whole bunch on the back here. Um, Firestone Walker was um, founded in 1996. Uh, in the fall of 2006, we started a program to barrel age a series of strong ales that will later be used as components in a blended beer. That blend will become our first... Anniversary ale, 10. Not their first anniversary, but the first anniversary ale that they made. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the past several years, we have released limited amounts of the component beers on draft only. Many of these beers have garnered cult following. Sakaba was one of the beers that enthusiasts raved about and begged us to put into a bottle. We present you Sakaba, a barrel-aged barley wine... This particular lot, particular lot was aged in a combination of barrels for 11 months. Some barrels were used by American spirits producers for some some for wine. Other barrels retired from our Firestone Union. Each barrel has left a unique mark on the beer. So it's a blended beer from so multiple different types of American barrels. spirits, which is mostly bourbon probably, right. wine barrels, and then old barrels out of the Union yeah. barrel system, which is a... That'll be a pretty neutral barrel. Mm. Well, I guess it's hard to say, right? Because the Union Barrel System doesn't really age the beers in the barrel. They ferment the beers in the barrel. It's a quick turn. Mm. So it doesn't really have a lot of time to get oak flavors. But you would think a barrel in the Union Barrel... And again, I'm speculating. But you would think a barrel in the Union System would be a pretty neutral barrel until it's retired. Maybe they retire when they start to get a little bit, you know... Withered or something like that. It's hard to say. I mean, I know, you know, the thing is, I'm not tasting any kind of funkiness. There's, you know, yeah. they're obviously very good quality control because mm-hmm. there's no Brett. There's no oh, yeah. uh, other types of Saccharomyces in here. So. Sakaba is a one of a kind sipping beer built to last and will reward careful aging for years to come. Well, so much for that. Well, so much for the aging. <laughs> there is one flavor they mentioned here that we haven't talked about coffee. Do we taste any coffee? 
Do you want some more? I see you're gone already. Well, we can have some more on the pre-show. On the post-show. Pre-show. And, <laughs> on the pre-show. Time machine. And, well, we're, we're also going to be um, observing tonight. The question is, do I wake up my daughter? I think I do, but we'll see. What we'll do is we'll go outside and see if there's clouds one or more a minute and then yeah. wake her up. Because attention span's not going to be huge. I guess it's ranking time. It's ranking time. See, this is the problem with smashing the can. Can you remember what this little yes, pile of I aluminum is? I have it written here, so <laughs> I know exactly what it was. Have you put any thought into this yet? A little bit. A little bit. Okay, you, I'll, I'll, go. Okay, you go. I'll go. So my my uh, my number five beer of the night is going to be the Spring Fever. While I'm all for a sessional beer, I think that a sessional beer is really good. It's good to see a trend of sessional beers coming around. This was not really my favorite sessional beer I've had. It just it didn't rank up to to what we were drinking tonight, and is you know a little bit too much on on the mm. on the resiny side for me. Not my kind of IPA anyway. So you know even if it wasn't sessional, I don't think it would have. It probably wouldn't have hit very hard on this list of stuff. Uh, my next beer, number four, is going to be the the A Big Ale, which was a a pretty nice and and tasty Belgian, but still a little a little lacking in in some things, and the complexities weren't quite there. The kind of things that that we tend to look for, although it wasn't chalky, especially initially, it got maybe a little bit chalky towards the end. Um, eh, you know, it it was good. Mm-hmm. It was good, but uh, but it it was definitely number four. Number th- number three and two is where it gets a little bit hard because they're both pretty close. I'm going to say that the yeah, I'm going to say the Legacy IPA, the one from Saranac, is the number three beer. And really, that's because a number two beer, the Art of Darkness, especially when you let it sit, mm-hmm. became something really special and a lot and stuff to really a sip. So you know, if you have Art of Darkness, do not drink it cold. <laughs> let that sucker warm up to you know fifty five, sixty degrees even. Yeah, and, and just I mean, yeah, warmer than warmer than normal, right? I mean, yeah. we probably had it in the sixty sixty five before yeah. it started bringing out the flavors. And and sip that sucker, and it, it, it'll it'll please the heck out of you. And uh, I, I gotta put the uh, Sukaba as number one because that's just uh, well, it's really good. Pretty awesome. I am going to uh, switch your worst and second worst beers, and leave everything else the same. So, I'm going to put the Rust Belt John Young Select A Big Ale behind the Wasson's Finest Liquid Spring Fever Session IPA. And why I'm going to do that is that I I liked the Session IPA better than Greg. I thought it was a great low alcohol drinker. It was a bitter one. You have to you'd be ready for a bitter beer, but it wasn't a wasn't problematic in my opinion. I, I like the A Big Ale, the um, John John Young select from Rust Belt. It could for a Belgian double. It could have used a little more body. Could have been a little more distinct that it was Belgian and not an old ale. It was still a good beer. None of these beers were bad beers. No, no. 
So I, I'm going it, to... It, it's hard luck is only in that, that I think the Lawson's was, was better, a better drinker, a better experience for the night. And then in number three, everything else is, is the same as Greg. Number three was the Saranac Legacy IPA. It was a good beer, good drinker. It, it, it's a hard luck because it can't do any better because the other two beers were pretty pretty outstanding beers. Mm-hmm. And then the Art of Darkness from Omagong. It does tell a story. If you start out drinking it when it's cold, you get certain flavors. It tastes more like a sports beer. It tastes pretty clean. You're like, oh, it's just... Well, this isn't what you expect from Melba Gang. You want more stuff from it, but just give it time, and time, and time will deliver, yeah. and you get more. So you can you can actually get a nice little progression of flavors while drinking the Omegong. Remember, we paused the show to finish, you know, to give the Omegong some time to mature, and that's the first time we've ever done this in eight years, you know. So, or at least intentionally, we intentionally, <laughs> right, right. Maybe there's other ones we should have done that, but this is the first time we realized to do it. And it's going to be a a tool we keep in the uh, in the toolbox, yeah. you know, to, to for beers that need that. And then the number one beer is the Sakuba from Firestone Walker. Thanks, JD. This beer is amazing. It's fantastic. Barrel aged barley wine. Oh, it's just wonderful. Nothing else to say, really. It's just so good. Sakuba. Okay. Well. Um, so. That's it for Craft Beer Radio. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit our website to find out what that means. It's the non-commercial, by-attribution, share-alike license. If you want to contact us, you can contact us on Twitter. I am at Jeff Bearer, at CBR Greg. We are on Facebook at The Craft Beer Radio. We're on Google Plus at Craft Beer Radio. And we've got email, beer at craftbeerradio.com. If you remember, please support our podcast. When you shop at Amazon, don't go to Amazon.com. Go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon, and the rest of your experience will be exactly the same. But we get 6%. Of what you spend. Yay! Buy a car on Amazon. Oh, please. please. Oh, please do. Please buy a car. Or at least a tractor, right? I mean... Yeah. Yeah. A huge combine tractor, like a million dollar one. That'd be great. <laughs> That'd be pretty nice. All right. Thanks, and we'll see you soon. 